Father, you were the one who was motivated. You were the one who looked down on this world that had left you and abandoned you. And you were the one who determined to love us with an unconditional love and send your one and only begotten Son to take on a body like ours, to experience the temptation that we do, yet without sin, to shine as the light of men. And God, you determined in your will to slaughter your only Son on our behalf. So that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What a beautiful name it is. We're here as a church totally dependent on you. And so badly, I want people to see the light, see the hope, see the forgiveness in Jesus. So pray as a church, you would help us to shine lights into this world in the midst of darkness. So people would see the hope that you've given us. Make us those people. Thank you for your great love with which you love us each and every day. Your mercies are new every morning. Your love is steadfast. You never give up on us. God, thank you so much. We pray all of this in the great and wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So it's a little bit different Sunday. Last week, we took a break from our series, Real Peace, and we focused on the marriage conference. We put a a focus on marriage, and Todd took us through the book of Proverbs about leaning not on our understanding. Uh, This week, you're seeing that we're doing this year-end review, and we're looking at 2022 in view as well. And today, we're talking about our church. Very important. And we're going to take another break from John. We're going to take another break from John next week, and and we're going to focus on our church and what we should be about and focused on. Kids, love you. Have a great uh, time in kids' church, and we are going to focus on our church here. So I just want to jump right into it. I want to actually give you a heads up. We're going to be shorter today. Today's not going to be a very long sermon. I want us to refocus and put our eyes on the summit. Why do I say refocus? As, a, as, I, as I'm assuming that we take our eyes off the summit because that is the natural course of life. Every single one of us, that as time goes on, we're not stepping into just a natural disposition of, of just looking and depending on Jesus and keeping our eyes focused on what matters and seeing the things of heaven. We always default to keeping our eyes on horizontal things. And our flesh stirring in us, making us forget that's what we're prone to do. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel this. So it's necessary that we take this time to refocus a little bit. I want you to see a, a, a slide on the screen with a few things. Uh, this slide has a few things. So I just want us to bring them up on the screen real quick. Vertical men, vertical women, one another sisterhood, soul care, summit counseling, family foundations, summit kids, Great Commission Collective, GCC, Jamaica, and et cetera. Just a few things. 
So this would be stuff that we're doing, we're actively doing and we're about. Vertical men and women, uh, one time a month, we're encouraging men and women to come together to focus on what God's word says about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman and how God wants to use us. One another sisterhood, that's women in our church who've gotten together who truly want to be a part of, of serving and helping and being a one another and blessing our body. And it's a wonderful thing that's going on. You're here, you keep hearing us talk about counseling. See the word soul care there. We are bringing counseling to the forefront because we believe counseling is simply the, just one of the greatest efforts in discipleship and meeting people either in their crisis or preventing crisis. And it's going to be very much a part and should be a part of every church. You're going to see us make a big deal about that. Family foundations. These are these workshops that Vicki has been putting together and some of our elders. Peter's been very, very uh, foundational in that. Uh, Peter and Katie Webster. And talking to parents and equipping parents for uh, parenting. Uh, Summit Kids, we heard about that. That's, that's actually going to be going to every week as soon as we can. And we just want to be pouring into our kids. And I, I echo what uh, uh, Jess said about we had this time where it was like kids ministry wasn't happening. And we were, we, were, we were dying to get it back because we see every single week, like she said, an opportunity to pour into people who do not know Jesus. Listen, our kids do not know Jesus until they know him. That doesn't just automatically happen. That's the first step of discipling, I think, that should be happening in, in families and in churches we should be pouring into our kids. Great Commission Collective. This is the fellowship of churches that we belong to, that we're a part of. Uh, the GCC, actually the staff, is all heading to Texas this week for the lead conference for the GCC conference where we're going to be poured into. And we are very, very excited. And I personally, and I speak on behalf of the rest of the staff, say thank you for these moments where we can get away and be ministered to. It, it is always a refreshing time, and we're always excited to come back and be further equipped and pour back into the church. And then you see Jamaica there, partnership with uh, our brothers and sisters in Jamaica as we are helping them not only just through to fellowship and support and prayer, but also with the resources that we have and also our care and anything that we can do to even send people down there to help, trying to do our part to help here immediately in the church, in our community, and as far out as we can. Now, why do I show us this? These are just a few things that we're doing that we're highlighting. I'm not trying to show everything here. But what I want us to talk about today is there's a lot of things that we're doing. A lot of stuff that we're busy with. And those things become busy work and they just become things that we're doing if we forget why we're doing it. Now, when it comes to God and it comes to being a Christian, God cares more about the motive of the heart and the reason for what we're doing, and even the process and how we're doing something more than what we're trying to create. And the temptation, especially in America, as our church is to create just this, this wonderful business-like thing that's nailing out of the park, that's doing better than everyone else around us, we don't want to be about that. We're here for a purpose for a limited amount of time, and we want God to use us to do the one singular thing he's left us here for, and that's to shine as lights in the world, to be Jesus for him when he's not here with the spirits inside of us to shine lights in the midst of the darkness and to have people see the hope of Jesus, come to salvation, and be discipled, and to grow and be conformed to the image of his son. And everything we do should be focused on that. That $700,000 budget and the spending and the giving, everything that that money is spent on should be to some type of effort to try to help towards that goal. And Lord willing, and thanks be to God, that is what we're trying to do. But this is a collective effort. 
And so here's what I want us to do today. I want us to keep our eyes on the summit. So as we've talked about the past and the future and we talk about vision, our eyes don't go left or right, but we center back on collectively together on what we should be focused on, why we're doing all of these things. So I want us to talk about our name real quick. Summit Church, what's in the name? We became Summit Church a few years ago. Actually, it was like 2020 when we changed our name and then COVID hit, right? But I think it was a great time and God saw this providentially that, that the focus that, that we have on, on our church being 20, I'm sorry, on our church being Summit Church, especially as 2020 was coming in, was a very real thing to keep our eyes on the summit. I want to give you just a quick uh, a, a simple sentence of what Summit Church means and why we are Summit Church. Every time you drive in, every time you think about it, Summit Church, why does that name exist? A constant reminder to keep heart and mind set on things above. A constant reminder to keep heart and mind set on things above. Let me give you this picture. This is the one from the very beginning that we've given Imagine you're walking into a a forest, a very deep and dense forest, and this forest represents the world. And as you get lost and spend time in this forest, what is it? It seems like the trees close in on you, right? It seems like the, the, the thickets get more thick. It seems like it's easier to get lost. It seems like it's easier to only see two feet in front of you. And in those moments, living on planet Earth, that's constantly what's happening if we're not keeping our eyes on the summit. Everything we experience in life, we think it's all about what's right in front of us. We tend to feel lost and panicked. But peering through the canopy, the little hole with the light shining through, all of a sudden there you can see the edge of the peak of a mountain. You can see the summit that just has this overwhelming sense of majesty and transcendence that reminds us that there's something outside of what we're experiencing. There's something greater. There is a greater purpose to what we're experiencing. And so when Paul says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, then what we're wrestling with and what we're dealing with is not just in front of us. There's a spiritual component to it. And there's a God outside of it all. And there's a reason for it. And it's in those moments that we must keep our eyes on the summit. Otherwise, the forest chews you up. And it doesn't spit you out. It consumes you. This is the experience of life. So many people lost in the forest. And we're wandering through with the only ones with the flashlights trying to find the lost and save them and make disciples and turn their eyes to what matters. What is the summit? It's Jesus Christ. Constantly keeping a reminder, keep my eyes on the summit. Keep my mind on things above. Scripture says, if you think on anything, think on things that are at the right hand of the Father where Jesus is. Keep your mind set on those things. A greater sense of purpose. So when we get busy as a church doing things, the purpose needs to be the motivator. We want to make disciples. That's where our mission comes in. The mission of Summit Church is to first glorify God by making disciples who exalt Jesus Christ. So that means each and every one of us as disciples need to be being poured into and striving to pour into. Being poured into and striving to be poured into. So as I prayed and was thinking about our church, I'm like, God, what do you, looking through the scripture, I was actually reading through the book of Acts and God brought me to Acts chapter 11, which is where I want us to, to gain some inspiration today. 
I'm not going to take long at all, but here's what I want us to see from Acts chapter 11 as we think about our church. I want us to see four characteristics of a summit-focused church. Four characteristics of a summit-focused church. And we're going to be at Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 19. Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 19. And I want you to see the example of this church. Early church. It's the church of Antioch. Let me give you a little bit of background. We've been in John 14, have we not? Jesus has been talking to the disciples. He hasn't died yet, but he says, we learned here recently, he said, I'm going to send you a helper. Then we learn about that. Jesus has introduced this Holy Spirit that he's going to send to be with them forever and he'll be in them. And so when we come to Acts 11, the Holy Spirit, that promise that Jesus said has come to the church and the Holy Spirit is beginning to indwell people. And powerful things are beginning to happen. Already the promise that Jesus made that, trust me, me going away and the Spirit coming is far more effective on planet Earth than just me being here. So the Spirit comes and, and, and Peter uh, preaches to like 3,000 different people on one day at Pentecost and people believe and all of a sudden the church begins to move. And keep fast forwarding, a, a few pivotal things happen in the book of Acts. You see Stephen, who was a part of the church who was a man filled with great faith and great, uh, 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 what's the word? I'm like, brawn and power. And he wasn't afraid to stand up and talk for Jesus, but he ends up getting stoned in the process. His, Jew, his fellow brothers, the Jews, killed him in the process of him trying to share the good news with them. And that persecution started to begin in the church and it's spreading like wildfire. Also in the process, Saul, on the road to Damascus, meets Jesus and Jesus encounters him. And turns him over to the side that he was persecuting. And Saul becomes Paul. And he begins working for and living in and helping the church. We're going to bring Saul up here in a little bit. But then we come just a little bit later. Peter has this vision from God in the book of Acts. Where Peter sees this sheet coming down from heaven with all these different animals on it. And he hears the voice of God saying, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, no. God, nothing, nothing unclean has ever touched these lips. And God's like, don't call common what I've made clean. Three times, very interesting with Peter, right? Three times, Jesus has always given Peter a three times thing. Don't call common what I've made clean. Kill, eat. Don't call common what I've made kill, eat. And Peter realized this was God giving me this vision to help me understand that I need to stop looking at people in the world who aren't Jews and discriminating against them. Holding them back from the good news because God is wanting Peter and the rest of the disciples and the church to know, hey, that this salvation that has come to you, this Holy Spirit that has indwelled you is meant for all people everywhere in every nation. And so you begin to see the gospel spread and it begins to go to, it starts going to everyone outside of the Jewish community. And you see the Gentiles start responding. We come to Acts 11 the church in Antioch. And this is, this is the first place where the term Christian is said. The first place where the term Christian is said. Starting verse 19, I want you to hear this and we're going to go down a little bit and stop. 
Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyrus and Antioch, speaking word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists. This would be non-Jewish people who were following the Jewish way, so Gentiles, also preaching the Lord Jesus. So, right, the persecution happens. They're still going out and preaching Jesus, and look what happens. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many of people who were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch for the whole year. They met with the church and taught a great many of people, and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. What do we learn from this? I'm going to bring it out. We're going to take time. It's 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and we're going to be done. I want you to see a few things as an example of this, this first major big church that included people like us, Gentiles who are not Jews, and a summit-focused church. So four characteristics of a summit-focused church. Here's the first thing I want us to see. A church where the grace of God can be clearly seen. A summit-focused church is a place where the grace of God can be seen. The people hear the word, they believe the news of these great numbers of people reached the Jerusalem church, which is where the, all the leaders were, and they sent Barnabas, a leader of the church. Hey, go to this place we're hearing the words in Antioch. Go and check it out. Verse 23, look what happens. It says, the, it says Barnabas, they sent Barnabas to Antioch, and when he came... And saw the grace of God. When Barnabas came and he was able to see clearly and evidently the grace of God in these people. Summit Church, are we a place where people can come up and see the grace of God? What, would that, what does that even mean and what does that even look like? If the grace of God, which is the gift of God... God giving you something has fallen upon you and you've experienced it, it changes your life. The spirit gets inside of you and you begin to change. You start going from a person who only thinks about themselves and fulfilling themselves and consuming and only just trying to you know, you know, live a life where it's like complaining and, and I'm God and I need to get what I want and life needs to be happy and everything needs to be about me. And then God shows up and the gospel changes the heart of that person and begins to change them and someone is like, it's not about me, it's about him. And then joy begins to fill the heart. Grace comes upon that joy and peace and kindness. You can see it on the face. You can see it in the attitudes. I guarantee you one of the first things, one of the first things that Barnabas saw was he came in and he saw Jews and he saw Gentiles. And he's like, I, this is me assuming, but I bet he saw them getting along. But he saw them loving each other. He's like, this, is, this just doesn't happen. Something had to happen inside of them to know that the grace of God had fallen on them and for them to get along like this saw the gift of the Spirit indwelling in them. A church where the grace of God can be seen. And this is what it means to shine in the midst of darkness as lights. The only light in the world. 
was Jesus when he came. And the only light that exists in the world right now is the church. And I'm telling you, God just wants us to be in the world and growing in him. And I promise you, the world will see it. And they'll say, what is different with these people? There's something attractive. There's something longing. There's something meaning and purpose. And I want to be a part of it. So why it's so important, so important for us to be in the world, but not of it. Because we're shining as lights and shining the way. A church where the grace of God can be clearly seen. And if not, people will see something else. And I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter what it is. Anything else but the grace of God is not a good thing. Secondly, a church that stays faithful to God with steadfast purpose. Barnabas came, he saw them. He saw the grace of God and then this was the first thing he exhorted them. The first thing that Barnabas thought was very important to tell them. Almost like if there's anything I could tell you, it's this. And here's what he said in verse 23 at the end of it. Barnabas saw the grace of God. He was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Hey, Summit Church, remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Listen, everything in your life as you experience it and you're in the woods and the trees are pressing in and the canopies are pressing in, all of it is either an attack from the enemy to devour you and get you to give up on your commitment to the Lord or it's a test that's coming from God to see, do you really and are you really committed to me? Will you follow me through anything? No matter the circumstance, no matter the family situation, no matter the work situation, no matter the marriage situation, no matter the relationship situation, no matter the health situation, all of that are trees that are trying to take your focus off the summit. Listen, I have a purpose in it. Remain faithful to me. And then you use that word with steadfast purpose. Like with all of a heart. It's the same word that's used for the purposes of God, that God has a reason he's doing. There's a reason we're remaining faithful. There's a reason we're doing all of these things. There's a reason that we're allowing our bodies to be spent and to spend for the sake of the lost in the world who need to hear. And in the glory of God that wants his people to lay down their lives and to surrender and be a people unified, loving each other, serving him. Summit Focus Church, church that the grace of God can be clearly seen and a church that remains faithful to God with steadfast purpose. If that's not the case, what'll be the case? We'll become double-minded people, double-minded, where our loyalties go back and forth, filled with personal agendas, personal agendas. And you see that when that happens in the church because when we start arguing and fighting and backbiting. Thirdly, this, a church that seeks to be taught and is taught God's word. Verse 25, 26, what was Barnabas's first thing that he said needed to happen? He said the important thing to them, but then immediately Barnabas was like, I got to find someone who's a good teacher. I got to find someone. And what does he do? He goes and he looks for Saul or Paul, who is very well known to be someone who knew God's word, who could teach that God used as like the teacher of the New Testament. You look at verse 25. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. During this time of a year of meeting together and being taught and learning and growing... The term Christian had been placed on them. And here we are thousands of years later on the other side of the world. We still call ourselves Christians. This is our origin, brothers, sisters. This is cool. 
but a very interesting characteristic of a summit-focused church, a church that seeks to be taught and is taught God's word. And I think we all can understand and relate to the fact that one thing that is depleting all over the world, especially in America, is people don't, people don't want to endure sound doctrine. People think, I can have my cake and eat it. I can love Jesus, but I don't, I don't need to be conformed to this. Just love Jesus. Jesus was the one who came and he said, speak the truth in love. The love and truth go hand to hand. They cannot be separated. And God wants his people eat, sleeping, and breathing this and being conformed to this. The word being a lamp to their feet and a light to the path. Not leaning on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledging him. Letting the word of God dwell in us ritually. Hiding God's word in our heart that we might not sin against him. God's word is of utmost importance. It's what we need to spend our energy and time eating, eating, just like we do food. God has made it so you eat food and drink and you get hungry. So you will ultimately, the summit purpose in eating and sleep and get hungry in your stomach is also you'll remember how much you need this. More than that. A summit focused church is intent on seeking to be taught and is taught the word of God. And if not, guess what we'll become? Either arrogant or immature, but both. And finally this, a summit-focused church is a church filled with every disciple determined to use their abilities. Last thing and then we're done. Look what happens here. Verse 27, look what happens. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Let me read this again. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the churches that were hurting. Summit Focus Church is filled with disciples, every single one of us, with a determination to be used. And according to our ability, not all of us have the same amount of money. Not all of us have the same gifts. Not all of us have the same resources. None of that matters as far as the the, uh, amount of it. God cares about each person being determined to be used in and where God has put you. A church filled with every disciple determined to use their gifts and abilities. In this case, there was a famine coming and there was relief, money and food that needed to be sent to a place. And every single one was like, how can I help? How can I help? How can I get ready? And I'll tell you what, here we are thousands of years later. What I see in Summit Church is when there's a need, people are not compelled and like, okay, I got to help. People are begging and want to be used and ready to be used. During, during COVID, you know what happened? We made one little announcement that, hey, we don't know what to expect, but we see people potentially losing their jobs and stuff. We have a benevolent fund that we're ready to help people with. And within like a week, you guys gave $20,000 just to help one another. I think that's awesome. I think that's a sign of the grace of God in you. So church, Let's keep our eyes focused on the summit. Let's be the summit 
focused church. Let's let our name ring true. Let's accept one another, not judge one another. Know that we're all battling this life, all facing the, the sins of the flesh and the temptations, but we have the grace of God and his forgiveness, and he has us here for a certain time to be lights in the world, and there's nothing else worth hurting for and sacrificing over than pouring into the lives of other people who desperately need Jesus, whether it's one another or whether it's people who don't know him. God, keep us this church. And praise him and thank him for how he has been faithful to us. Only, it only makes sense with God when numbers go down, COVID comes in, the giving gets better than it's ever gotten. I, don't, I can't comprehend it. The church ready to help and ready to serve no matter the circumstances. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this example the church in Antioch. And here we are as an extension, looking back at our origin, seeing where we were called Christians. I pray you would make us these people. Keep our eyes on the summit. Use every single one of us and motivate us to lay our lives down for you and for one another. God, thank you. And I praise you and pray and thank you for all of this in the great name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>